Man, we have so much to talk about today. I'm gonna try to get through it. I've gotta go quick because they're doing construction next door and I don't know when that's gonna start. And it's actually raining a tiny little bit, but I just wanted to be outside today. We're talking about with, life with God. This is so rich from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word, we'll talk more about the Word through this series, but here it's referring to Jesus Christ. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then John goes on to say that the Word became flesh. God came to be with us and dwelt among us. He uses the word here that was used actually for the tabernacle to tent someplace, to tabernacle or camp out. There was uh, one very wise interpreter of the Old Testament said a tabernacle was kind of a tacky little place, honestly, but God was content to be in it. And now God comes to just an ordinary body, ordinary flesh, and yet God dwells in him. And then the end of this, it's kind of the prologue to John's gospel. He says, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. That's Jesus. So now what I want to talk to you about for a while is faces. Let's start with your face. How is your face? Have you taken a good look at it lately? Um, what does your face communicate to other people? What is it communicating right now? You know, we actually have a, a duty and obligation to carry into the world a face that is optimistic and cheerful and has joy and is friendly and is open and is curious. Um, that's always true for us when we're kids and our parents come home, how their faces look makes a huge difference. Maybe sometimes when I'm walking uh, in a crowd or at an airport or some public place and look at people and their faces, especially if they are alone, especially if they are alone, you are never alone. Their faces look drawn, worried, anxious, haggard, upset. And that can be true for me also. I remember somebody telling me a while ago that they had seen me walking around. I was by myself and they said, you just look like you were worried about something. I didn't like to think that was what was on my face because I want to think of myself as a confident, positive person. How is your face? In Proverbs, it says a joyful heart makes a happy face or a happy countenance. In other words, um, part of what's remarkable about a face, one of God's great inventions is it is a public outward expression of our inner life, of our presence. And Jesus would talk about this sometimes. He said uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, um, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. And then he talks about how our life will reveal what is in us and can reveal light inside of us. But just like you can't hide a city that's up on a hill, you cannot ultimately hide or disguise or use your face to keep other people from knowing what's inside. It will kind of come out. My wife says to me that she can tell when I am lying by the way that I hold my mouth. I don't understand. It sounds like some kind of dark magic to me. And when I say lying, of course, what I mean is temporarily keeping from her the fact that I have bought her a real expensive gift or something like that. Anyway, she says she can just tell her by looking at my face. Our faces have a way 
of giving us away, a city set on a hill. How's your face? What's going on in your face right now? And by the way, smile right now because you are not alone. George Orwell, the final words that he wrote in his journal before he died were, uh, by the time a man is 50, he has the face he deserves. And the idea behind that is that uh, we all have an inner life. We have thoughts, feelings, convictions, desires, fears, confidence, ease. And that shows in our face. How's your face? And over time, uh, we own or ought to own our inner life, which will reveal it, itself in our faces. I often think and sometimes tell the story about a guy in one of the first churches, the first church actually that I worked at. I won't tell you his real name, but he was just a joyless person and his face would kind of depress you. You know, our face, as we carry our face into relationships, into the world, it impacts people for better or for worse, positively or negatively. Our faces just do that. And this is a guy who'd been following Jesus for a long time, but he just had a joyless um kind of severe, kind of distant countenance. And finally, I will tell you the deacon in the church, his name was Thurlow. Thurlow Weed, he is long since gone. What a great name, Thurlow Weed. But he said to him one time, are you happy? And this man just said, yep, but with no change of countenance. And then Thurlow said, well, tell your face. And a lot of us need to tell our faces what it is that we actually believe. You are not alone. But ultimately, but ultimately, what we are about is not face management. This is not put on a happy face. This is the invitation to have Jesus become a part of our inner life, our inner world. Now, the Bible has very interesting things to say about faces. And our face is a public way, an observable way for your presence to be known. Prosopon is the Greek word for face. And it's also simply the word for presence. We will sometimes talk about things like meeting with somebody face to face, being fully present with them. Or I'm afraid to face up to something. I'm afraid to look at it directly to be fully present with us, with it. Oh man, now the construction is starting. All right, I'm going to keep going. I hope you can hear this okay. Uh, the Bible also talks about the face of God. And now, of course, God doesn't have a body, but the idea is that God has a presence and God wants to be known. God wants to be seen. And we all have a, a deeper presence in that way. Dallas Willard talks about how you might remember, if you know the story on the Mount of Transfiguration, when the disciples see Elijah and Moses, they immediately know who they are. How did they know? Because they've never seen their physical faces before. But we have a presence. Everybody does. You do. And that presence is knowable. And that is part of the idea of a face. Uh, Jacob, when he met with God and wrestled with him and asked God to bless him, to bless is to have God's face to shine upon you. Jacob called that place Peniel, the face of God, for I have seen the face of God and lived. Or Exodus 33, it says, Moses met with God face to face as one would talk with a friend. No one has ever seen God, but Jesus has made him known.
This is a remarkable statement in um, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Now, how did Paul know the face of Christ? But you never saw Christ because he knows his presence. Now, the, the great problem of life that goes all the way back to the fall, all the way back to the serpent saying to Eve, did God really say you cannot trust God to take care of you? It was bad theology at its core. It's a failure to know God. I can't really trust that God will take care of me. I can't abandon myself to him fully. He is the kind of person that I cannot really trust. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. He came so that we could know the Father. There's a condition, prosopognosia, I think it's called face blindness. I know of some people who know that where they can't really recognize faces. And we all suffer from that spiritually. In John 14, one of the disciples says to Jesus, just show us the Father. And Jesus says, have I been with you so long that you do not know? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So today, you can see the face of God. You can know God because you are not alone. So as you walk through this day, allow your mind to go to the Gospels. And just simply that thought, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh, and we beheld His glory. In the story of Jesus' birth and death and resurrection, you see the face of God in the beauty of the earth, because God created it. It was created by the Word. You see the face of God. One of the primary ways that God wants to be known is through other people. He speaks to us through each other. So today, as you walk through your day and you see the face of other people, just think, Jesus actually said, whatever you do for the least of these, when you people see people that our world is most apt to dismiss, you do it for me. There he is, there he is, there he is, there he is. This is the incarnation. The word has become flesh. He expresses himself all the time. You are never alone. Tell your face, would you? A couple days ago, I was... Uh, meeting together with a real good friend who's having a surprise party for his wife. And I asked if he had invited another very good mutual friend. He said, no, that guy lives like 3,000 miles away. It never happened. By now, the party's just a couple days away. I said, I think you ought to invite him. And so he did. And of all things, that other friend said, yes, he is coming thousands of miles. My friend will arrive today. I don't know exactly when. I don't know exactly where I will see, but he's coming here. He will stay with me. He will dwell in my house. My friend is coming today. To see God, to see the face of God is to be a friend of God. God wants to be your friend. You do not have to worry that God might be disapproving or severe or distant or mean. We know his face. No one has seen God, but Jesus Christ has made him known. Tell your face. I love you. I'll see you next time.
hey, thanks for joining us. To receive a text alert when new episodes are released, you can text the word BECOME to the number 855-888-0444. You can also send prayer requests there, and we would love to pray for you. To receive the emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me slash subscribe. Special thanks to Matthew Custer for the art and design for this series. See you next time.